peace everyone well no one <laughs> as always in the beginning is no one and then uh willfully you'll all get here a little later whoever's up i know uh might not have too many people actually because last sunday last thursday i um started a little bit later to kind of give some some relief to the West Coast people. Oh, there's people coming in. Oh, okay. I thought everybody's still going to be asleep. <laughs> but, uh, peace, strong mind, strong body, fitness. Um, uh, what was I saying? Yeah. So last first day, I started a bit later because, um, you know, I figured I would give the West Coast people an extra hour <laughs> of rest. But I've kind of noticed it doesn't really seem to matter all that much because, um, I don't know, y'all, everybody's kind of up. Or what some people have told me, they wake up um, for the command your days and then they go back to sleep. <laughs> so I don't know. But anyway, as always, let me know if you can hear me. I don't, I, I, Kashida normally has been my audio engineer, but anyone is welcome to let me know if you can actually hear me speaking or if you're just looking at me, mouth words, you know, so please be kind and let me know if I can actually be heard. Um, cool, we hear you. All right, give thanks. Peace, Iris McCabe. Yeah. Whew. So, yeah, I, I wanted to, uh, peace, take care. Thank you, take care. I appreciate that, you know. Um. Yeah, I wanted to, we haven't done a, uh, Peace Plant OG. We haven't done a, um, you know, it's kind of ridiculous that I keep forgetting the name of these segments. That's so unprofessional, too, on top, on top of it all, it's very unprofessional. Um, I keep wanting to say Dawning Devotionals, because I did the Dawning Devotionals for so long on Enlightenment and Transformation, I'm just used to saying Dawning Devotional, but I got to get out of that. Um. Yeah, so, you know, command the day, like I said. <laughs> um, so I'm glad that, you, that you're joining. It seems like people are spilling in now. I'm seeing the numbers are going up a little bit. And uh, if you said you can hear me, of course, that's good. But I'm glad that you're here, you know, and um, capitalizing on the energy that we have, you know, and the energy that we're going to put forth towards this day. The strong starts today. The strong starts today, okay? So it doesn't start on, um, you know, on, on Ajay, or the yoga word that we say for Monday. It doesn't start on Monday. It starts on first day. Today is the first day. So um, we can get a head start on maybe even competition, <laughs> business competition, who imagine that it starts tomorrow. You know, we, we can get a whole 24-hour head start. Um, now, I know people are slowly coming in, but I'm, I'm definitely curious to hear those of you who decided to partake. Peace, Sister Moksha. Those of you who decided to partake in the, um, in the fast with us Anubians, I'm curious to hear how it's been going. Um, I've already gotten some reports that I really don't understand. People are telling me that they're starving. <laughs> and it's, it's only been 24 hours. <laughs> So I don't know about that one, you know, um, 
but I've had a couple people be like, yeah, I was starving all day yesterday. And the fast began, um, you know, six day evening, which is what you would call Friday evening. And by seventh day evening, I had people saying, yeah, I'm watching you from starving. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's mental. You're not starving. You're not, you're not starving. Your, your body has plenty of uh, fuel to uh, utilize. It's, it's all in the mind. Sometimes our um, eating becomes a culture to itself, and we're used to kind of the routine and the ritual of said culture. That's all it really is, really is. But trust me, you're, you're not gonna. If you pass out, it'd be you know because you've worked yourself in, up into a tizzy to pass out. But I'm definitely curious how people have been going so far, you know. And I know if you did uh, primarily, the li primarily, excuse me, the liquid fast, you're probably going to the, to the bathroom a lot. Yeah, that's right, Sister Moxa. Mind wars and mental tricks, you know. But, um, yeah, man, you know, I'm just curious to hear how you've all been getting through it. And if it's been so far, you know, some people have even already talked about visions. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's a, it's a mental thing. And that, you know, it's not so much that your body is so cleaned out now that now I see everything clearly. But sometimes it's just the intention to do something right by yourself. Well, you know, you intend to do something right by yourself and it starts to create this, this just um, a momentum and inertia inside of you where, you know, now other, other parts of you, of your own internal com community, feel comfortable with now revealing themselves because they see you getting more serious about yourself, you know. So you might have new visions or, you know, new revelations come to you just through the intention of saying, hey, I'm going to take three days. Peace, Suen. Good morning. Um, I'm going to take three days, and I'm and I'm going to, um, you know, give give my system a little bit of a break. You know, yes, one sister I know is seeing things all over our house. See, you know, <laughs> everybody's seeing all kind of visions and apparitions now because they haven't had solid food. Well, I mean, some people still have. They still had salads and stuff like that. Um, I know some people who cracked already. <laughs> Within the 24 hours, they already cracked um, and ate something a little light. But you know, you know, look at it also as an opportunity to learn something. Peace, YG Gutter. Peace, Layatha. <laughs> oh, you've been up since 4:40, <laughs> and it is because of the fact. You know what? It's funny you say that, Layatha. Um, that is exactly why I didn't. Because like last first day, I started at 7:30 a.m. to give people a break, but this one I started at. Well, around 6.30, you know, when I started, when I set up. I've been out from early, but I said, you know what? Because of the fast, I said, I let people up. I just had a funny feeling because, you know, when you fast and your system is lighter, you don't you don't sleep as heavy and you have more energy. So I said, I bet you there's some people who are actually up early, you know. So I said, I probably did this start. The only reason I didn't, I started around 6.37. only reason I didn't start even before that because it was just so dark out. I was like, you know, I'll just give it a couple of minutes to lighten it up a little bit. But yeah, that's what happens. Peace, Mama Marva. That's what happens, you know, those first maybe two days, maybe two, even two to three days when you're doing um, any kind of liquid fast, you feel like this burst of energy. You know, sometimes you even be jumping off the walls. But even throughout, you'll just find that you just sleep better. You know, you're not waking up all groggy because your body hasn't been fighting whatever you may have been, may have eaten you know, the night before, 
and uh, your blood and everything is working the way it's supposed to, you know? So, um, like I said, just when you decide to give yourself that opportunity to um, say, hey, I'm going to do right by myself, yeah, you're going to start seeing visions and, you know, you may have some nightmares, you know, there may be some things that kind of come up in, in the subconscious just because you're making clear and conscious decisions about how you want to treat yourself, you know, so things start to respond around that, you know, um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, I wanted to get into something real quick, I'm not going to take too long, you know, although I know when you're doing a fast, especially when you get hungry, it feels good to have distractions, so yeah, Chief, you can talk all day, that way I won't be thinking about food, but uh, that's what happened yesterday, we had our Sabbat call, uh, our new ministry, and that call was like five hours, peace, Juanisha. You know, oh, you, oh, so why'd you gut it? You had some dreams and visions. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the bot call was like five hours, man. I was like, all right, enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm usually like enough after two hours, to be honest. But, um, you know, I know part of that was like, we just sitting here not eating anything. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes our, our eating is a part of our schedule. So it was like, well, heck, if I'm not going to go, you know, make some food or fry up some uh, some oyster mu oyster mushrooms, you know, and make that with some, you know, some kale and, and some shit. Let me stop talking about food. That wasn't right. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but if I'm not going to go prepare something, then I might as well just, you know, kick it with the fam, I guess, you know, which is all good. It's all good. Um, but, yeah, within 24 hours, you shouldn't be too much suffering. But I know some people are already like, I'm cracking. I'm breaking apart, Chief. I got you. This one is like, I had this one mosquito. He thought he was in red tail. He was, thought he was like one of the Tuskegee Airmen, man. He was just flying in and out, biting me all over. You know what I mean? Freaking red baron. I think I, I think that was, that was, hopefully that was the last one. But I know it was, I know it was just the one. First he got my ankle. That's why you saw me in the beginning. I kept doing this, scratching my ankle. And then he was, me all over, you know. Wing commander, I'm going in, you know. But uh, peace, Baba Armor. How you making out with that lemon water? <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, one of the things I wanted to just build on for a moment, man, um, like I said, I won't hold you too long. I know it's first day, and many of you don't have to go into your um, nine to fives today, so you have an opportunity to kind of get some other things done whether it's your shopping or whatever but um freedom 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 i feel like i feel like you got that other ankle too you know i'm gonna take my mind from it though so i can focus but um peace peace brother low what's happening you know but um okay now i'm looking around for mosquitoes but freedom Just excuse me if I pause every couple of seconds. You know, once you get bit, you're hypersensitive to anything flying around you at that point, you know, or hyper-defensive. Um, but anyway, you know, one of the things that I noticed, like, when I, when I like, many, many years ago, um, not so much when I, when I started really, really diving into um, conscious information. I normally only eat one meal. Night was a little hard, so I went to bed. There you go. That's like I was saying when people are like, what do you do? Just go to bed. 
feeling real hungry and it's at night, go to bed. You know, you know, in the dawning you'll forget that you were that hungry the night before. That's good. But um Yeah, you know, when I started coming into more the spiritual aspect of consciousness more, and when I say the spiritual aspect, I'm speaking more about, you know, um, what we call ATR, or African traditional, traditional religions, and started really exploring the shrine work and the spiritual work of those environments. I noticed that there was a strong sense of, um, well, I met a lot of people who, what we would coin as uh, legalists, right? There was a strong sense of legalism, and, and um, legalism is essentially like, um, it's when, when you're basing, your, at least in a spiritual context, it's when you're basing your spiritual value or your spiritual piety upon what it is that you don't do. You know, so it's like, you know, um, you know, I don't, I don't wear no artificial fabrics. I don't eat no meat. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't shake hands with people. I don't go here. I don't go to clubs. I don't drink. I don't smoke. You know, so it's all of these negations. And the negations then become the defining point for your spiritual value as a legalist, you know? So everything is very strict or um, what some would even call puritanical, you know? Peace, DJ Jamaat, peace, peace. You know, everything is, is kind of strict and like I said, maybe even puritanical. Peace, Deidre, you know, coming out the gate refreshed. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, you know, I hope so, you know? Um, but, you know, I noticed that there was a lot of that when I first kind of got into a lot of the traditional spiritual systems, and it baffled me a bit, to be honest with you, because, um, and a lot of it I kept to myself because, you know, I had people who were, um, who were in these traditions longer than I was, and it wasn't my place to be, but what about this, but what about that, it's just disrespectful, but it was something that always stuck with me, and I always, you know, kind of postured that one of the reasons that we acquire or reacquire these traditions and these knowings is because we're making ourselves or we're being made, which is a better way to put it, we're being made free again. And as a part of our, our, our freedom march, we're reclaiming the things that were taken from us, right? So our language, our attire, our deities, you know, or deity so forth and so on, right? Just our, our overall, our culture. And it, it always really, you know, struck me as odd that there would be so many restrictions when I'm supposed to be free now. But it seems like I was more free before, you know? Um, and of course, there's a, there's a fine line. I guess we'll say a fine line. There's a fine line between freedom and rebellion, you know? And, um, so I'm not speaking about free to do what I want. There's a, there's a bit of a difference, which I'll, I'll, I'll touch on in a second. So that sense of legalism always kind of, to some degree, sparked a larger curiosity in me, but it was a quiet curiosity. Because like I said, I wasn't about to disrespect anybody. And if someone said, well, don't do this, don't do that. Okay, well, you're showing me how to get on the path, basically, right? And the thing is, as I started to study and I started to learn, I started to realize how many stigmas were present in that sense of, of ooh, did I get it? Yep. Yeah, they out, they out today. 
You ass up big, juicy. Y'all think I just be tripping. Like I just grow. Like I just got a t I only got a grow tick. But these are these mosquitoes, they like me. Alright. This is all that fruit juice I ate yesterday. I drank yesterday. That's what it is. You know, they can smell you know when you eat a lot of fruit like that or you drink a lot of fruit juices, they smell it in your blood. They can smell it up to a mile away. The sugar in your blood. You know, so that's why it's good to come behind it with bitters. I did a lot of oregano oil yesterday too though, so I mean my juice wasn't really sweet tasting, you know, because you know oregano oil pretty much ruins anything <laughs> you mix it with, you know, you just tasting oregano oil, but um, but like I was saying, going back to the, to the subject before I was so rudely bitten, you know, um, you know, so the thing about it is that sense of of restraint, you know, they, they want fresh blood, yeah, <laughs> I should have loaded up on bitters actually before I came out, that would have, that would have helped a lot, that would have helped a lot, but, so, so far I got two, you know, we'll see what happens, but once the sun comes, it'll be a little better, you know, but, um, but anyway, so, like I said, really just exploring that thought, and exploring that idea, it led me down different other kind of roads but I realize a lot of times the sickness that stigma that we take on or that self-re-enslavement it comes from sometimes enslavement based notions that we received when we were young right and not really understanding that freedom isn't just I do whatever I feel like doing that's rebellion freedom is I am receptive and allowing of the creator to function freely through me that is the true that is truly what what being free is it's uh okay you know i'm looking at every every insect i'm just like you know come over here i'm squatcher but you know what it truly is is you know i'm allowing the creator energy the supreme being to function freely through me that's true freedom that's why when it says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free the making is a process truth is energy in its in its original state you know so you you will understand and you will learn you will interface you will encounter energy in its truest state and when you accept that and allow it to move through you it will make you free so allowing the creator to function freely through us actually is what makes us free not i do what i feel like doing i do what i want you know how those children always are when they go on uh, like maury the maury show they bring those 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 unruly children and they be beating up on their mothers and stuff. That's always the first thing they say. I do what I want. What? Y'all don't know me. Y'all don't know me. They be throwing up gang signs and stuff. Whatever. Whatever. As soon as they walk on the stage. Y'all don't know me. Y'all don't know me. Whatever. Whatever. I hit my mother. I slept with 20 different men. What? And they give me money. Y'all don't know me. I do what I want. I do what I want. You know, they all say the same thing, right? So that's not being free right that's actually being in bondage you know i'll give you a great example you know um because i travel so much and i meet so many different people of, around the country around the world you know when they ask like where i rest at and i usually say you know the northeast you know or like sometimes people can tell by the way i i guess people are confused into thinking i have some kind of accent i ain't got no accent though y'all got the accent and um 
They'd be like, oh, you sound like a New Yorker or whatever, right? And people, a lot of times from small towns are always like, man, I always wanted to go to New York. You know, I, I, I just want to go there and I want to peace, peace, Eddie Moon. I want to meet new people. I want to do this. I want to do that. And there's so much you can do. And they perceive big city life as a sign of freedom. Like I can, I can get footloose and fancy free <laughs> in, in the big city. And you know what's so deep about that? There's a lot of people who come to the big city because they perceive that as being free. Within one to two years, they are trapped in a kind of bondage that they didn't even know existed. Same thing with L.A. How many young people go to L.A. because they want to be free of their parents' order, free of their parents' structure? You know, um, you know, maybe my, my father, my mother was a preacher, and I always wanted to do this, and I wanted to do my music, or I wanted to be an actor or actress, and, you know, they never supported me, and I just feel so stifled. So I ran away and went, and went to Hollywood to be free. And then within six months, I think it's even faster than New York, to be honest with you. Within six months, they're in a totally different kind of bondage. And they didn't even know that that bondage existed on the planet. You see? So a lot of times, what we think we're escaping to for freedom are actually the things that re-enslave us in bondage, you know? And there's, there's so many different, um, there's so many different levels to that, you know? Um, being from the city, yeah. Small. If you're from the city and you've been in the city for any significant amount of time, you do learn the value and the beauty of a small town. You know, um, for instance, I'm here talking right now. I mean, I look behind me in the camera constantly, and I'm looking around. But I, I'm, you know, I'm not really gonna have too much of an issue. But you know, if I was somewhere else, like where I'm from, uh, it'd be different. Let's just say that. <laughs> It would be different, you know. So you, you do recognize those values. And sometimes you don't really see that until you get a little older. And you realize the thing that you were chasing wasn't really all that great anyway. You know, or you just, you burnt out from it. You know, so you don't you don't want any more of it. But, um, yeah, that sense of, of false freedom catches a lot of people out there, right? Catches a lot of people. And the thing about it, which is which is so critical... A lot of times, it's those early hexes. You know, you've heard me talk about that before. Like, family, a lot of times, is the first ones to hex you. Whereas you're thinking you come into a traditional system, and you're thinking, like, you know, people are putting spells on you, people are putting roots on you and all this stuff. All these silly things, which are usually because you don't want to be responsible for the karma that you've created in life. You know, so you start talking about, yeah, my family is from the islands, or my family is from Nigeria, and... I, somebody is doing something to us back home and, and you know there's this this really false sense of importance you're not that important or or you go into spaces and think that people are always trying to do something against you and sometimes you don't source where the thought comes from that's that's the that's the ultimate issue like where where am i getting that from right and if you can learn to do that there's a lot of issues that you could resolve in terms of your bondage right so I, I, I'll give you a small example, right? Because this is something I deal with with clients a lot. And, and sometimes when I have to broach the subject, um, they have trouble accepting it, right? A lot of times you have, um, let's say, women who have their children and 
they may have had some some unpleasant experiences with men in their life, you know, for whatever reason and whatever nature the the experience. So when the child is is really young, you know, sometimes it's the subtle things or the subtle nuances that's spoken to birds just doing tricks, you know, aerial tricks. Sometimes it's the subtle nuances that you may share with a child, like let's say if you have a daughter, that you're doing from an innocent place, you know, you're doing it from a good place, but you know, the results may be something a little different. So from very young, you tell that little girl, you know, now listen, when you go to school or you go out or you do this or you do that, you don't accept anything from any man, you know, and you don't trust any man you know, um, don't accept anything, don't speak to any men or anything like that, you, you don't do that, right? And that that's, that's innocent enough advice, but sometimes it's in the nuances that when you learn how to read things, you'll, you'll learn what's being said. A lot of times mothers don't say that to boys. <laughs> A lot of times it's only don't trust any men as if women are not pedophiles, you know? Um, but the thing is, she's projecting in a very, in a, in a way that it's it's it begins as an innocent thing, but she's projecting her her fears and her failures onto it. So now, then, as the child gets a little older, let's say the child is in ninth grade, tenth grade, eighth grade, whatever, and same thing. You know, I know those boys are looking at you, and those boys like you, but listen, you don't trust those boys. You know, they only they only got one thing on their mind. You only got one thing money. You you cannot trust them. Don't trust them, right? Still from a innocent place, you're looking out for your child, you know, and you, and you want the best for them, and you don't want them to get caught up in maybe some of the things you got caught up in. And then now what happens, you know, that, that girl becomes a woman. She gets older, right? She gets married. She finds somebody who's head over heels for her. And for some reason, she's asking herself all the time, wow, why can't I feel the way about him the way he feels about me? You know, he's a great guy, and and for the most part, I see him as like a buddy. I see him as like a friend. But why can't I really totally surrender and give myself to him? And she doesn't realize it's because of that bondage that's been implanted and established in her since she was five, six years old, that no matter what, you don't trust me. You see, no matter what's going on, don't trust me. You see, so um, she may come to a place of understanding. She may come to a place of knowing where she starts to realize, or she may talk to someone like me, (laughs) Peace Prishant Years Conditioning, where I'll say, or I'll ask, and some of you clients have known, I'll say, what was your relationship like with your father? Because sometimes you don't realize (laughs) it's all over you. You know, you're thinking that you're hiding it because your mother told you not to trust people from young, young, young. So you go into a room and you're quiet and you don't say much, but you don't realize sometimes that a hunter knows how to read you without you opening your mouth. In fact, the hunter knows that 75% of what you say out of your mouth ain't true anyway. So they, they know how to read other signs. You know, sometimes it's the way you sit. It's the way you hold your purse. It's the way you look around. It's the way you move your hands or your mouth when you speak. You know, it's it's the way you project. It's the inflection that you use on certain words. You know, I've spoken about that before. I've known some women, especially in the conscious community, that's where you find 
honestly, most of the man haters, keep it real with you, the low-key feminists, um, they'll talk about the queen and the goddess all day with a big smile on your face, on their face. Then when you say man, they'll start rolling their eyes. Or they'll go like, something like that, just to be comedic. And of course, the room eats it up. And if you're a person like me, you'll sit, be sitting back observing the room. Look at this. You know, uh, and of course, those people are always single. Or if they do have a guy, he's super effeminate and soft and running behind her, you know, carrying her bag for her. <laughs> you know? So you learn how to read some of these signs. So sometimes you start to read your own signs. And you start to go back in your own history. And that's the best thing you could do. Like once you realize, okay, there is like Krishan, you said, like conditioning. There's some conditioning. There's some bondage that I've I've fallen into. And I didn't even realize that I've fallen into this bondage. There's certain perceptions that I've had that I haven't even really sourced. You know, a lot of times you you'll you maybe come to that epiphany when you start to pay attention to your reactions to things. You know, some of us we really pride ourselves in our reaction time and our reaction intensity. So, um, and I, just for y'all tuning in late, I got bit by like two mosquitoes. So you see me keep doing this. I'm not like being vain. I just keep feeling, you know, once you get bit, you feel like now nah, you're getting bit every couple of seconds. So I'm just making sure there's no mosquitoes on me. But, um, you know, a lot of times people, like I said, they pride themselves on reaction. You know, peace, ricochet, people pop, peace. Let me try that again. Peace, Poppy Oshun. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> um, but uh, so a lot of times, like I said, you know, oh, this so-and-so said this to me, I'll go off. I'll flip. They don't know me. I'll be on them, you know, like cream on corn. You know, you better not say this to me. You better not say them, right? So, you know, um, a lot of times people are stuck in reaction mode because they've never taken the time to truly think about how they would like to respond, you know? So when you think about how you would like to respond versus how you typically react, that sometimes can be the entrance, you know, or, or just the, the beginning of you now sourcing, where, where, where is this reaction coming from? Because I told myself, when this person says this or when I'm in this, next time I go to a party, I go to an event, I told myself when someone comes up to me, introduces themselves, I'm going to speak and I'm going to do this, you know, but this was my reaction is said, and this seems to always be my reaction. And, you know, a lot of times you may, peace, peace, Baba Utu, um, a lot of times you may source it back to your childhood. Like, wow, there were some things that were said to me that caused a certain kind of thinking and caused a certain kind of conditioning, which now have blocked me from those passages of freedom. You know, you may, you may do that, right? And let me tell you, the first thing you do when you do it, the very first thing, I'm gonna give you a trick that's really important in all this. Don't become critical of your parent or parents who did it. Don't do that. Because you got to realize that everything has a source and a genesis. So the first thing you want to ask, like I said, if your mother told you don't trust men and you can't trust boys and this and that, and it made you a very untrusting, uh, closed and clamored type of person, the first thing you want to do is you want to you want to say, well, why did she say that? 
ask why seek understanding why why brings forth understanding you know you already know the what <laughs> the what is the knowledge well this is this is the knowledge that you put inside of me don't trust people you know um and maybe that was right for her and her situation maybe you know based on her temperament maybe based on her personality or certain things she had to take that on because of the situation that she was in if you're a person who's born and lives in a prison and someone says don't trust anybody that's good advice right but maybe i, I that hasn't been my beginning so maybe that the right or the truth for me might be something different right um and not to say i have my own truth and she has her own truth there's only one truth don't fall for that my truth your truth our truth um the very nature of the word truth implies singularity there's one truth you know so like i'm saying but in a situation like that don't become critical of your parent understand that most of the time and sometimes we have crap parents i understand that not all women and not all all men love their children that that's just how it is um a lot don't but even some the ones that don't <laughs> sometimes they'll give you guidance and advice and it's not from a place it's not because they you know they um they want they want to see any harm come to you they're really trying to get someone anyone to avoid the mistakes they made in the past right so don't become like real critical of them and start blaming them and things like that try to source well what was going on in his or her life that caused them to give me this kind of advice you know, even if it may have put me into bondage, okay, I can deal with that. I'm an adult now. I can work my way up, up out of that. But what was it there? And through that understanding, it will make your path towards freedom even easier. You know, um, you know, there's a really important thing about achieving freedom. And, you know, having reactions and certain bondage defense mechanisms that I'm going to tell you. And it's this. Um... If you live with it long enough, you'll prefer it over freedom. You'll prefer prefer to react and go off and just be wicked and evil. You'll prefer that over doing the right thing. You know, it'll, it'll become your, your, your preferred reaction. You won't want a righteous response. You know, so some of these things, you know, we, we think is cute to drag our heels on, though it never is to drag your heels on your development. But when it comes to getting free, waste no time. Waste no time. And I know that some of those conversations are uncomfortable and they're emotional filled, emotion filled. I know because I deal with clients with it all the time. They'll say certain things and it'll just be off and wrong. You know, especially women with the whole don't trust, can't trust. And then you'll say, well, uh, peace, Cindy Jones. What's your relationship? And I already know they ain't got no man. What's your relationship like with your mate? Oh, I haven't been with anyone in years. Of course you haven't. And you're calling me because you want to know what Ifa says about you being with someone and when are you going to have love in your life. But then you turn around and you say, but you don't trust people. Peace, Nikki Love. Peace, Kashia. You know, um, the two the two kind of go hand in hand. You know, peace, Alicia. Because I was abandoned by both parents, I always feel that when people leave my life, one of your segments said I had to work through. I'm sorry, I missed it. I think if I hit this, it'll bring it back. 
one of your segments said I have to work through those feelings instead of trying to avoid. Yeah, of course, you are, you, you knew that though. That's 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 basics. <laughs> can't run, you can't hide from love. You know, you know, you can't hide. The ones that you say, the ones that you love, say things that you do. Man, they gotta they gotta put a longer uh, thing on it. <laughs> the ones that you love say things that. Hurt, I think it says hurt you deeply. Mine is cut off. Mine was socially awkward. Well, you know, you let people's statements validate you, whether they love you or not. It's it's still gonna hurt. You know what I mean? Um, and if somebody calls you socially awkward, maybe you are. Okay, <laughs> let's explore that. Maybe I am. Or sometimes you need to look at the context of of why people are saying it. Sometimes. We, we get phrases from people and we don't realize that people's vocabulary is not as developed as we think it is. You know how many times I've been called arrogant? You know how many times I've been called mean? And nine times out of ten, and I know this sounds, it's going to sound arrogant and mean when I say it, but I'm going to say it, it's from dumb people. Nine times out of ten. They don't know that many words. So they, they, don't, they, they only know the word arrogant. They only know the word mean. If you really know me, you know that, nah, that doesn't even, you got the wrong one there. There's no way that you can apply that to him if you actually know him. But there's a certain feeling that he gave you. And this, these are the only words that you have in your repertoire to, to utilize. Now, if I internalize that, am I arrogant? Am I mean? You know, now I did at one point, but not from a place of hurt, but just like, all right, well, let me think about it. I don't have a problem thinking about stuff, you know? But I'm also going to consider the source. Like, do you know any other words? <laughs> you know? Because um, sometimes people will make statements like that, but it won't make sense. Your family may say that you're socially awkward, but then they constantly put you in social situations. So is it that I'm socially awkward, or is it that I'm maybe direct? Is it maybe that I'm truthful? Is it maybe that I'm just I'm a ha like happy person and y'all aren't? You know? or I'm an open kind of person. There's so many different things, and that's the value of reading. You know, that's the value of having a vocabulary when you're able to express what it is that you want to say in terms that are that are powerful, you know? Uh, so, but like I said, if somebody say you're socially awkward, like I said, if somebody says I'm mean, or hey, somebody on the live the other, say, the other day said I was blind. I'm blind and I'm rude. You didn't see, like, I wasn't bothered by that. You didn't see any movement on my part. I'm considering the source, you know. So, um, and on top of that, I'm self-aware. You know, the, those are not things that you can apply to me. Now, if somebody says I'm direct, yeah, I am direct. If somebody says I can be frank, yes, I can be frank. If somebody says he's very truthful, yes. If somebody says he's brutally honest at times, you know, um, but I wouldn't say it's brutal. See, these are all metaphorical things. You know, I don't beat up on people. You know, uh, you take it as that. So I have to consider the source, right? But you, you first have to know yourself. So me knowing that I'm direct, I've had clients say, well, chief, you know, you're kind of harsh. I'm not harsh. There's nothing harsh about me. But you don't know to say direct. You don't know to say truthful. Because harsh is a reaction. 
I could tell someone the truth, and I have before. I've had grown men cry on the phone because I was truthful with them and cry like babies. Like, Chief, I'm, I'm so happy I met you, man. No one has ever, you know, kind of been able to just explain it to me like that, the situation I'm going through or my life or whatever. Then I've had people get angry, right? So you choose if you want to feel a harsh feeling or if you want to feel a loving feeling from truth, right? But again, you got to be self-aware. You got to know yourself. That's that's the key. And um, you know, you learn about yourself with also within the community of others. So it's not just that you pop up and like, no, I'm this. You know, my, my, my pops used to say, you know, like go into a room and, and how people respond is what you are. <laughs> you know, like you see, look at two, the faces of two, three different people. That's who you are. You know, when you walk in a room where people are like, hey, or are they like, oh, are they putting their drinks down? Like, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to head out, you know. Um, so... <laughs> You know, that's something to kind of think about, man. But, you know, don't stress that, man. Look at what your community is saying. And some of you avoid community because you don't want you don't want that truth. I know that. So, you know, we say, oh, sign up for our new. Oh, I, I was going to, I didn't mean to, I was going to. You ain't coming around, you ain't coming around here. Because you don't want anybody to see you. But you don't know that that tells its own story. You're telling on yourself just in that. But, yeah. So like I was saying, man, a lot of times those bondage mechanisms, yeah, they come they come from family early on. But again, if like like, you know, Baba Amar says that I was called socially awkward. Why? Was it to hurt you? Like you said, it, it hurt me. No, you chose to be hurt. <laughs> you know, so was it to intentionally hurt you? Was it to say, you're embarrassing me, get yourself together? Was it to say, you're going to have problems in life if you don't learn how to be around people in a certain kind of way. You know, th there's all kind of reasons that people say what they say. I had teachers that used to write on my report card that I, I used to daydream in class. I got that all the way up through high school. He stares out the window and daydreams in class all day. So I got that, which was a, you know, that was a problem, right? But then I had a mother that was used to tell me you're a dreamer as if it was a good thing right so what how do i want to choose to re to react or respond to that when two people are saying the same thing but they have different perspectives on on what that thing is right so ultimately i had to make my own i had to take that you know from my community peace esme i had to take that feedback from my community but also do some self-examination you know um should I be daydreaming in class all day? No, I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't. That's not, it's not even respectful to the person up there, you know, trying to um, impute something and into my mind. It's not respectful. So that's a problem. Peace, I've saw this name, Mara Jevery. Mara Je I know I said it wrong. I know I said it wrong. Um, but I remember I used to see that name before. Oh, give thanks, Papi Oshun. I give thanks for that, man. I guess I said something. <laughs> I guess I said something worth worth listening to, you know. I'm glad you didn't do me like I used to do my teachers, because <laughs> I would just be I would be gone, you know. Um, but I always did well on tests, so it's like, what you gonna do? <laughs> you know I'm gonna get a hundred on a test <laughs> without cheating, so leave me alone, man. You know what I mean? Uh, never did no homework though. 
that's that's used to mess up my GPA. I was not into homework. I didn't see the point of it. You trying to control me after hours? After hours, I'm 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 on, I'm on a whole nother kind of vibe. <laughs> you get a test out of me. That's it. You get one quiz every seven days, midterm, a final, and some tests. That's it. Don't ask nothing else. Don't ask me for nothing else. And I mostly didn't even bring my books home, or most of them I left home. You know, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird stuff. If it was nowadays, if I went to school nowadays, I'd be even worse, man. You know, because you got like the internet. You know, well, you need a textbook for, you know. But um, yeah, man. So again, it's it's that freedom that we have to experience, and the freedom comes through just allowing the divine to operate through you, man. That's true freedom. There's, I'm telling you, you can listen to whoever you want. They'll tell you something different. That's cool. You know, like try them both out. You know what I mean? And see, and see which one makes sense. So maybe, maybe willfully I'm giving you some contrast, you know, but um, the idea of, yeah, I'm do what I want. I do what I want. Peace, Luis, or Luis, Luis. Help me out. <laughs> um, yeah, man, the idea of like, I just do what I want. I do what I want. You know, that's bondage. That's bondage, man, because once you start getting to that place where you feel yourself larger and bigger than the divine, then that means I, I know better than the divine. That is the pure definition of disobedience and sin, you know. Um, so based upon that, now you got a new master. You got a new master. Disobedience is your master. Peace, Andrea. And now that disobedience is your, is your master now, now you have a new level of bondage, you know what I mean? So, like, again, a parent telling you, and we all had those different things, man. It may not have been your, your, your mother telling you don't trust men. It could have been your father telling you don't trust women or they're only good for one thing or, you know, um, you know, make sure you work twice as hard as everybody else, you know, or save all your money. Don't spend no money or save it all. You know, all of these different things that um, when you come to the age of reason, you can start to um, see if it makes sense. You know, uh, I, I remember I, I had a relative that used to tell me not to buy any used cars, you know, um, because you're just inheriting somebody else's problem, you know. And, and not to say that these are bonded statements. I'm just sharing a few because some of them might hit home for you. Um, I had a, I had other ones, you know. But, um, yeah, my point is that's where freedom comes from, and that's something that we got to work on. And like I said, if you keep yourself in a place long enough in a bondage place after a certain age and after a certain point you won't even want freedom you got people who brag about going off you could watch shows like i don't know the real housewives hollywood divas r&b divas all them different shows housewives of, of wherever they pride themselves in i'll react i'll you don't know me i'll react i won't think i won't i won't respond in a civil manner you know, they don't say it like that, but I'm, I'm translating it for you. You know, I won't respond in a, in a civil manner with a divine mind. I'll react like an animal. Shoot, you don't know me. I'm like a muskrat. I'm like a badger. You know, I'm like a little wolverine. That's basically what they're saying. I haven't mastered the flesh. I ain't trying to master the flesh. I don't want to be free. I want to be in bondage. I want to be able to be easily triggered and being bondage to my to my emotions and to my flesh. 
That's what I want. I do what I want. You're a slave. Straight up and down. You're a slave. Okay? Um, so, yeah, man. Truth shall make you free when you know the truth. And knowing the truth is a very intimate act. When you look at that, that like that, 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 that sacred writing, ye shall know the truth. And it says set you free, but that was the wrong translation. It was supposed to be translated into the word make. But see, they do like little tricky stuff like that. You know what I mean? To keep you away from what it's supposed to be. Set me free. F I. You mean set me free? What is that? You can't set me free. <laughs> you can, but I can be made free by the truth. You set something free, that means you, you had the control the entire time, and then you can come and lock it back up. Very sneaky, sis. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Who the Son makes free is free indeed. That's another passage. But here's the thing. Know the truth. What does it mean to know something? It means to have sex with it. To have intercourse with it. That's what knowing something is. That's why, you know, when it says, and Adam knew Eve, and Eve begot, right? And begot, because Eve doesn't beget, the man begots. But Adam knew Eve. What did it mean when Adam knew Eve? It, mean, it meant that they, they had sex and he climaxed inside of her. So what do you think it is to know something? When you know the truth, that means the truth penetrated you. And it, climbed, it exploded inside of you, you know? And, and that explosion inside of you now makes you free you see what i'm saying so it's it's that living truth that now explodes a climax inside of you and now it grows and i i know you this may feel a little awkward for some of you especially those of you who are hyper macho you know what i mean but hey man we we talking spiritually you know what i mean i ain't talking physically you know but um it, it does there's a physical change that does come as a result of that genetic explosion you know um, when now your DNA is like all these different things, peace to your Alderay, all of these different things are firing off as a result of you allowing yourself to be impregnated with the truth. You see? And that's what makes you free. You shall know the truth. That means you're gonna lay down and you're gonna you're gonna smash with the truth. You know? Truth is knowledge. You know, truth is masculine. It's knowledge. It, it, it penetrates. You know, and then you be you be you be you be made free. You be made free. <laughs> um. So yeah, I wanted to share that and and just see if everyone's doing okay on their little twenty-four hour fast so far. We're going until um, m Monday. Monday evening is it? Monday evening. I use my fingers. Friday. Yeah, which would be, you know, uh, uh, Tuesday, as you know it, right? So, um, like I said, I know some people, I was saying it in the beginning before everybody got here, but some people have already reached out. It's been like 24 hours and been like, I'm starving, gee. <laughs> you know, so I, I know it might be a new experience for you. And, you know, don't feel guilty. You know, that's another thing that keeps us into bondage, old guilt, old guilt, man. It keeps us locked away in bondage because a lot of times we don't want to accept our new position. You know, I, I work with clients, man, 50, 60, even higher, 70 years old. And sometimes we talk, man, and they're going through situations or they're, they're having certain kind of feelings. 
and they're talking about things that happened 20, 30 years ago. I, I got clients in their 60s and 70s that still talk about how mean their aunties were to them or their uncles or how their, their father never hugged them or their mothers never told them that they loved them. And um, these things they allow to linger on them, you know, they come into conscious awareness and they come into that spot, bug boy, you know, <laughs> they come into that place where, um, come on man, chill, relax, relax. They come into that place where, you know, they start to want to operate from the first eye. Once you start to operate from the first eye and you're polishing the lamp of God, now you're getting into that Christ space. So you're supposed to recognize, well, okay, those, those old behaviors, those old actions, I allow this to burn it up. You see, so that way I'm not carrying that guilt. So that way my heart is light as a feather. And some have a lot of challenge with that because they haven't sourced the guilt. Why is it that you really feel like that? Why is it you feel like I, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda? And that, and you're allowing that to rule, to rule over you. Why are you so invested in that lower space? You know, that's a form of, of bondage. You can't be free and have guilt at the same time. It ain't gonna work. That's why so many. <laughs> that's why. That's why they'll try to throw in your face when you start moving towards liberation. Well, you know, Africans sold Africans too. You were sold by your own people. <laughs> so there you start feeling guilty for blaming other people for the ma'afa. <laughs> Pretty sneaky, sis. <laughs> you know, so they, they play that, that game because you can't be free and guilty together. Which one is it? You're going to accept guilt for selling your own people or, you know, are you going to be free? They're not going to tell you the truth. Like, <laughs> there's no African people. There's no such thing as that. So Africans didn't sell Africans. And there was a high percentage of melanin-rich people in North America during the 1600s who were already here, and they were free people. Everybody didn't come over here on no boat. At least not on those, those, those slave ships. Not everybody. You know, so there's so many little twists and turns with that one, but always trying to figure out how to install guilt. You know, all lives matter. You know, like, how could you say my life doesn't matter? You know, trying to make me feel guilty. <laughs> so I can't get free of certain things, you know. Um, so, yeah, man, don't feel guilty, you know, if you're having a little struggle with the fast. Uh, and even though you keep hearing us say, well, it's only three days, it's only three days. But if you've never done it before, 12 hours is, can be can be difficult for somebody who's never really engaged in the fast before. So um, just do the best you can. Do the best you can, man. You know, um, it's not, don't, don't look at it like, uh, don't be, don't be so, don't, don't be transactional about it. You know, sometimes people get like that, even with their spirituality. It's very transactional. If I do this, I'm going to get this, right? If I do that, I'm going to get that, right? Do it out of love. You know, do it out of love, man. You know, so I'm going to do this three day, whether it's a liquid fast or I'm doing soups and salad, I don't, however you chose to do it. I'm doing dry fast. I'm not intaking anything. I'm doing it off the love, not because I want to lose a couple of pounds or because I want my skin to grow. I mean, glow or, you know, um, because, it's, you know, it's going to bring me closer to, to something. No, just do, do it off the love. Love for what, right? You figure that out. <laughs> but yeah, man, so uh, 
no, it's just 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 um, stay in a good environment. I tell you, you know, one of the things you could do that's really powerful when you're fasting that helps, like when you're feeling hungry, get out the house. When you have the temptation of, you know, all that fried whiting that you left in the refrigerator, you know, you're like, man, I could just hook, hook some of that with some hot sauce and, you know, I wonder if it'll go in the blender. <laughs> you know, um, you know, you get all those temptations and stuff like that. One of the best things you could do, just get out the house, go for a walk, you know, um, take a book or Kindle, whatever, and sit in the park, read, have a conversation with someone outside, soaking up natural elements. You're going to get nutrients just if you can get around some trees. The trees feed you. The trees will feed you. You know, between sun, you get into a, an environment with a little bit of moisture and there's some vegetation. If you're sensitive enough to it, you're going to notice that you're not so hungry anymore. You can literally feed from the atmosphere. Literally. I'm not saying that, you know, like metaphorically. You know, so you get around some natural element, you're gonna find you're not that hungry. And again, you stay out long enough by the time you come back, you know, and you have your drinks if, if you're not doing a dry one. Time you come back, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> you know, so you know, make it make it easy on yourself. But like I said, we've been about an hour. I didn't want to go over an hour too much. I just wanted to see if everyone was making out okay. Especially our new people. It looks like you're doing all right. Like I said, I got a couple of um I got a couple of, of messages people who were like struggling through it but um you know peace james got a baki peace 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 you know um but yeah man you know we all doing it together we're all doing it together you know so um you hungry we probably hungry too you know what i mean so solidarity the strength in numbers you know what i mean but um you know just use the time to kind of really uh focus and meditate a bit you know, and I would suggest that on this day, you focus on the freedom of your own self-identity. You know, um, of course, you know, this day they call Sunday was really about sun worship. And we're not, we not about no sun worship, you know, but um, you can use it as an opportunity to focus in on the solar chakra, right? While you're fasting. And in particular, the theme that you would apply to the solar chakra is, is um, the freedom of your own, of your own projection. You know, like I shared with Baba Anwar earlier, you know, like people will say a lot of things about who you are and what they want to define you as, you know, but um, what am I free to say? You know, what am I free to see in myself? What do I freely, without any, any kind of external um, perversion or disruption of my own self-determination, what, what, what am I working with, right? Because that's where my seat of power is. My seat of power is in being able to self be self-aware. I got to know where my feet are, where my hands are, where my eyes are, where my mind is. So that way, when I think about how I want to respond, I'm not caught up in a reaction fueled by someone else's definition. You know, I can't tell you how many situations I've been in where somebody was going off and going crazy and I got surrounded. I'm always the one that gets surrounded. I've had that happen to me in courthouses. I've had, had that happen to me on the street, you know, um, because people perceive me as a certain thing, not realizing that I'm the only calm one in, the, in this situation, you know, but I've been surrounded, you know, I've had detectives say, I've had people lie on me and say that I did things to them or I was going to do things to them that I wasn't going to do to them. And I, I one time sat in a situation with a detective 
was asked about that of a judge. The judge asked the DT that, and the DT said, "Well, he's a pretty good. He's a pretty big guy. He looks like he could, he could hurt someone. Yeah, I, I could believe that that he would do something like that." <laughs> you see, so uh, and and I'm not the type to just go around putting my hands on people. I believe that people should keep their hands to themselves. You know. Um, I, I'm not into that. I don't, I don't, most things can be talked out. Most things. That's, that's my perception on it, right? So sometimes we can react based on what people, the reaction that people want to, want to see in us or urging us to. So, oh, you're, you're not a little person. So we know that if somebody disrespects you or says something crazy to you, you're going to jump on them. You're going to put your hands on them. You're going to, you're going to try to hurt them. No, I wouldn't do that. Because if you disrespect me, I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for the position that you just put yourself in, in the universe. I feel sorry for what you just did. So that's worse than what I could do to you. You just cursed yourself. You know, so um, this is an opportunity on this day to sit in our seat of power and our seat of identity and really think about what we want our responses to be in life, most importantly, and start to source where some of our curses of bondage came from. And again, I'll re reiterate for those who came in a little later, when you, if you find out that those sources came from people who loved you, don't become overcritical of them. Um, one of the, the first signs of a legalist person is that they're, they're overcritical of everybody. They always wanna know what everybody's doing. Always wanna know what everybody's doing. They're just hypercritical. You know, uh, well, what, how, how, they, how are they doing their libations over there? You know, and, and how are they praying over there? And what are they wearing over there? And oh, she got her hair permed, and this one got a weave. And oh, he's still wearing crosses around his neck. And all of this different stuff. And that's how they, they judge their spiritual investment because they're just hypercritical. You know, and this walk is about freedom. Now you're gonna face the consequences of what you, what you, what you do, but um, when you allow the creator to work and operate through you, you know, it, that's freedom and that's a totally different kind of um, reward that you're going to get. You're going to get the curses of those judgments through the arrogance that you choose to do. All right. So the sun is now peeking out through the trees. So um, I'm going to finish up some of the things I got to do. And then I'm going to go into the next set of things I got to do. Got a whole lot to do. First days are always pretty uh, action packed for me. But like I said, I will that you all stay strong on this fast. I will be back in the dawning. And you're going to feel even better. You're going to feel even better tomorrow. I'm telling you, get out into some nature today. Even if the weather it doesn't feel like it's permitting, it's permitting, you know. But get out into some of that. And um, there was a lot. The live that we did, if some of you caught it, on the Our New Life Global Ministries channel was pretty good. Um, Sister Moksha, like, answered a lot of questions about different herbs and different drinks that we can do and ways to even help children get through a, a liquid fast or a juice fast and things like that so you know um you could definitely go over there and get some more information as well all right i'm gonna head out um well, i'm gonna get off this live i'm not gonna head out i'm gonna actually get some more work done and then um you know i'll, I'll deal with you tomorrow peace everyone